0: Thursday, December 29th, top of the hour, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 10 a.m. out there on the West Coast where Dan Nathan is. In just a few moments, we'll be joined by EY from SoFi, who is currently with the SDs on the IC. Uh, Just throwing that out there for you folks on the Twitter. This is, in fact, Market Call. Today's episode of Market Call brought to you by SoFi. Get your money right, Dan, all in one application. And of course, our data partner and sponsor, a fact set financial data and analytics that are powered by tomorrow. Before we get started, I watched this thing on Paul Rabel last night and Stephen Rafis, our guy Rafis was really prominently displayed in that got a game ball late. Uh, The cannons tweeted out a video of him and I'm really shocked. I know you are as well, Dan, but Alexei Lafreniere is going to be a healthy scratch tonight in Tampa. I think that's the first time in his range of career. Clearly coach Gerard Gallant sending a message to his struggling
1: twenty-two-year-old. Uh, back to you. I mean, I'm speechless. Yeah, I'm no, at. Ab- ab- no, that was that was epic. Um, you know, guy, it, it's kind of funny. We just got off a call for Fast Money. Little, yes, let's we peel did. back a layer of the onion here. We do a twelve-thirty Eastern call in preparation for our five PM show. We talk to the producers, the host, the the, the other um, panelists, that sort of thing. We come up with a couple ideas, things that we want to focus on, and without spoiling it. We are going to do the one chart that each one of us panelists is most focused on for 2023. But here's one chart today, okay, today that you got to keep an eye on. Look at the day chart in Tesla, okay? And listen, we talked about it last night on Fast Money, and and I think I said, and I think you agreed, I think this stock is obviously ready very, you know it's going to rip at some point, right? If you think about how much it's kind of been pushed down in such a short period of time, I think it had been cut in half just in the last month and a half or so. So you had this huge gap today up seven, 8% or something like that. Well, we're well off the highs. So this mm-hmm. is one for today in a rip roaring market. Don't you want to keep a, a close eye on guy? If it starts to fill in that gap, do you think it could take the entire NASDAQ with it?
0: No bueno without question. It reminds me of that. Uh 1986 Beastie Boys album license to ill, you gotta fight for your right to party. Yeah. And Tesla currently is fighting for its right to party, but it ain't working out now in the back half of the day. And to your point, on a serious note, yeah, given the given think about just given the last couple <clears> of <throat> weeks, the um the sell-off in that stock, a precipitous sell-off having sold off for months prior. If this stock can't hold today's bounce on the yeah. back of an upgrade, on the back of again. This ridiculous sell-off over the last couple of weeks, that's not good. And that's telling you something. And oh, by the way, it's probably potentially going to do it on a decent amount of volume as well. So I think you're right to start the show with this because to your point, I don't know if it takes the entire NASDAQ down with it. But as we've mentioned a number of times, it is clearly a sentiment stock for the broader market.
1: Yeah, and listen, and it could hold right here, and it could close the highs. No, and the, and the nasdaq you have to watch, Dan. Yeah, and, and the NASDAQ that's up 2.5% today, if it, if it were to make a new high, the NASDAQ's closing up more than 3% on the day because the, broad brand, the broad-based the broad strength is, is pretty astounding. And again, we talked about this yesterday. It's like the sell-off in most stocks over the last couple of weeks felt orderly. Now, it did not feel orderly in Tesla over the last, let's call it, couple weeks. Maybe Apple fell a little panicky over the last week, but today's buying guy feels what feels like what? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because as we mentioned
0: a number of times outside of potentially two days this year, and I would say probably the June 15th low, I think it was around there and the October 13th, 14th lows, which were definitely felt panicky on the sell side. I would say the other 80% of the time that we moved in a, in a market fashion, uh, the panic was to the upside. And I think that's exactly what you're seeing. People are panicked to get in. Oh, I don't want to miss it. I'm going to miss it. Uh, and I yeah. think that's exactly what you're seeing. But to your point, what are we trying, like 119 right now? You know, if it yep. starts to give it up uh, in a meaningful fashion, if this were to close, even if it were to close around 113, 114, I would say that's not a particularly strong day.
1: Yeah, so let, let's talk about another thing that's deflating right now, and that's the VIX. And My I think we ego. Have, um, Well, hey, come on, buddy. Um, You know, the VIX right now is a really interesting setup. And I think you and I are in agreement. I think we talked about it on a market call that, you know, Everybody was hoping for this kind of year-end rally over the last, you know, few weeks. And the fact that we've just kind of fallen off a cliff in the in the last few weeks. The Dece- I guess, it was like one of the fir- worst December's um, on history. We have the Nasdaq 100 down a little more than eight percent. The S&P down, you know, five and a half percent. This is after today's two percent gain in the S&P and two and a half percent And the Nasdaq. Look at that VIX, okay? And, and again, you know, this is Rafez. He's probably using his right hand on this chart here. You know, um, not lining up, you know, the, the points exactly where we want guy but if this thing breaks 20 to the downside in in the year end you know I mean, I got to tell you, it's setting up to buy premium for, you know, for for directional sort of shorts in a really nice way, especially if it just gets smushed over the next week and a half um, over the holidays. Thoughts there on that, because when you look at the S&P, we've talked about that rotation into value, into defensive sort of names, which has shown relative outperformance versus the NASDAQ. But the VIX could be telling you something here where it's setting up very soon for a great sale of equities.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. And I think to your point, it gives you an opportunity to be long volatility. Also, though, take this into consideration. There are obviously a lot of people out there that sell upside calls against positions or stuff. But I would submit, and again, I understand that volatility to a certain extent is stock specific too, but I'm drawing in a broad brush. If if the VIX were to get down to those levels, I don't think you're going to get paid enough to sell those upside calls. I think you're more inclined to buy that volatility potentially directionally for a bet and i think that's exactly right or you know it gets into the high teens you're saying yourself every time we've seen the vix down in the high teens that's been the opportunity to sell out of long positions or stocks and potentially take short positions as well that's how i got to look at it and i think that's why we try to bring it up Not saying you're trading the vix but you're using it as somewhat of a barometer yeah so
1: days like today guy um you know again um 29th of december yeah, well, it is. Um, does it does it shake you out of, let's say, your bearish near-term conviction when you see a sort of rally like this on the penultimate day of the trading year? You see what I did there, penultimate. Like that. um, nice that's a word I think that you would use. I'm surprised you didn't lead us out of this program. Well, or start it's, us out I'm,
0: I'm, I'm happy you brought that up. That's a Melissa Lee word. Karen Finnerman for, uh, yeah. uses that from time to time. You know, I will use it on occasion but that's not my go to. I have a lot of go tos. It's interesting now that you've led me down this road. <laughs> we have to bring uh, EY in from SoFi in a second. But everybody, everybody in our line of work has their verbal crutch, and you know once once you sort of hone in on it, you can't yeah. help but hearing it. So if you were to listen to a lot of talk radio, especially sports, the amount of you knows you get. Over the course of a seven-minute interview is staggering. Yeah. So once you've Mm -hmm. basically once you've tuned your brain to hear it, you can't hear anything else. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, but wait, 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 hold hold on. Because there's a show that we watch in the morning that has become, for that very reason,
1: and when we come back, (laughs) what? 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 Anyway. Right, Back to you. On. So 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 here's the deal. So the question was: it's the penultimate trading day of this year. We're likely to close in bear market territory, yeah. which is again doesn't really mean anything. Um, you know, down 20% from the highs or so. Um, does a day like today, light volume into a holiday? We know Monday's off, all that sort of stuff. Does it shake you out of your bearish convictions? Because we had a really interesting conversation. Uh, with Mark Zandi, he's an economist. He was on Fast Money last night. I don't know if, what oh, he no, had to you, say. You're really,
0: just trying to tune know, me up before <laughs> we get to live. I, I am trying
1: to tee up a little bit. Uh, really interesting conversation with him, but he was saying that the consensus uh, among economists that we're definitely going into a recession next year is kind of dangerous, right? right? And he doesn't see why that's happening. You know, why, why is that consensus? building and we've talked about that a little bit on market call of late we're saying that listen the economy feels okay we have unemployment at 3.7 percent. that's where zandy i think had a little zinger zandy zingers if we were going to have him on a, as a regular on market call maybe it would just be a segment called zandy's zinger i like that like that so his point was is that the economy is actually doing okay unemployment's here yeah. you know maybe we're coming out thoughts there guy well,
0: yes. And thank you for that. Because yeah. I, as 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 they said in the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High, yeah. Dem- Damone said it, you know, I woke up in such a good mood and I did. Yeah. And now, you, you know, you've done something. I'm going to get yeah. in a bad mood here. But I, it's, you know what, I can't because EY is about to come on and we haven't yeah. seen her. But I'll say this. My point is to him was and I've said this a number of times. I don't know what difference it makes if we've been in one, are in one currently, or going into one. I don't know what necessarily changes. And the, then the point that I made for emphasis is, you know, for twelve percent of the population, they wish we were in a recession yeah. because it's worse for it's worse for them than just a mere recession. What we try to focus on is not economics and not the definition of things. It's how it's going to impact the market. And I will tell you, in terms of earnings, I guarantee we're going into a bit of an earnings well i shouldn't guarantee anything but yeah we certainly feel like we're going into an earnings recession you know what that means for the economy i really don't know
1: yeah you know what here's a good one and our friend doug cass a seabreeze capital and Love he doug. writes on real money and he just put out this week um his 10 surprises i actually have been reading this for a very usually long does a, time he's usually pretty accurate no he, he he nails a lot of stuff there's some good stuff in there one of them the interest rates and inflation plummet in early 2023 and then rapidly climb in the last six months of the year again what i Love about lists like Doug's is that it kind of tests some of those consensus sort of views. So he's saying that, okay, maybe rates do continue their downward trajectory. Maybe inflation, all the readings that we talked about, and this actually lines up with what you've been saying, Guy. You know what I mean? He's also has some predictions about what happens in China and that sort of thing. But then you see inflation and rates start to go up in the back half of the year. That is out of consensus. That is the thing that would actually make sure that the stock market closes down for its second consecutive year, which it has not done. And we talked about. About this on market call earlier we're going to talk about it with danny moses on the tape when we record later this afternoon for our last uh, uh episode of that of the fine year. podcast of the year two but, years like but 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 think about this we've been saying this it's like man you know maybe this has more like a 2000 to 2003 setup than the 2008 analog where we just had that one really bad year in 2008 things were a little rocky in 09 in the beginning and then we rally out of it so a protracted recession a rolling sort of economic you know what i mean malaise Malaise. the globe if you will you know maybe covid it just sticks around it just kind of continues to kind of disrupt supply chains and the like that sort of thing and maybe it's just gonna take us two or three years to get out of this guy
0: you know it's interesting because when david tepper was on the network a couple weeks ago he actually everybody's looking again for the parallels and the correlations uh between your past bear markets or just sort of past phases we've been through an economy yeah. he actually mentioned exactly that that 03 period a lot of people don't talk about and what he what he mentioned specifically was what value what happened to valuations what happened to the multiple people who were paying for the s&p 500 it actually troughed i think down to 11 or 12 and he yeah. said again he was not suggesting we're going there but it has happened before so it's i think it's Smart of you to point that yeah, out.
1: But, but you know, and the last thing I'll just say in, in kind of bookending this conversation is that this is why Tesla to me, for those of you who are like 400 to 100, it's an unusual value. I'd say that it's been mispriced the whole way up in 2020, 2021, um, it just started coming undone, and the way in which it came undone—I said this on Fast Money last night. I mean, this is the largest market cap wreck in, in the shortest period of time in the history of the stock market. And when you think about it, with a three and a, or, you know, I was it, 350 billion dollar market cap, and in, you know, and, and estimates are coming down. You saw mm-hmm. Adam Joseph, Jonas, Jonas on Morgan Stanley year over year, he's expecting earnings to come down. And what we have had Dan Benton on the podcast on on the tape, and OK Computer a couple times this year and we went back to his 20 rules of tech investing and you know number one was sell them right when estimates are coming down and number 20 was see number one again and that's what's happening for the first time in tesla at a time where investors are really concerned about valuation so this stock may rally but it may go much lower the
0: the rallies i think are going to be muted and now a lot of people are coming around to that line of thinking and you're, you're right the market cap destruction is interesting by the way Amazon's lost a trillion dollars in market cap. I think that's the first company in history. I mean, we talk about companies that get to a trillion. I think at one point, Amazon was 1.8, 1.9 trillion. And that's dipped about, last I looked, at least yesterday, was about 800 or so billion dollars. I mean, it's remarkable. Nobody talks about Amazon. We do, but Amazon is making multi-year low right before our very eyes. If I were to go out in Times Square, not today because I'm not there, but on, on any given day and ask 100 people, you know, what they thought of Amazon stock. They all think it's the greatest stock to own of all time. It's one of the worst stocks you could have owned over the last four years, which is really interesting when you think about it, Dan Nathan. Matter of fact. Right, I like when you it. say matter of fact. It is let, matter let, of fact. Do we is, bring in her in or no? Yeah,
1: let's let, let's do it. So just, you know, so matter of fact is one of my things. Oh, by the way, is one of your I things. Oh, I do all the, and, all the time. And people don't realize this, that, you know, it used to be, it just, you know, I saw Lester Holt in a restaurant the other night, you know, like Lester, I love Lester Holt. Lester Holt. Ba- back in back in the day, if Lester Holt had one of those crutches. Nobody, he doesn't see it because he doesn't have social media. He doesn't have an email that people can get to. But now we have people literally tweeting at us. Dude, you just said this for the third time in the show. You know, and we're seeing it right away. And it, you know, it gets in your, it gets under your skin a little bit, yeah, doesn't no, it? I right? understand.
0: I do the oh, by the ways, because I like do. to emphasize. And oh, by the way, and oh, by the way, coming to us from parts unknown, EY from SoFi. Oh, look at them. Very <laughs> wow. festive. Where Hi. are
2: you? Can you hear me? I mean, yeah, I didn't get course. to test anything. I'm at we the NICE, obviously. Look at Oh, wow. To me. I have this dynamic background well, I don't know how to turn the screens off, so they're going to move like this the whole time. I apologize to everybody. Love for the Distraction. Hey, hey, hey L.I., uh, just
1: so you know, in in the new year, we're hoping that you will do market call with us in our in our fine new studios. And 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 no way. I would love yeah, to. That I would, would be amazing. To.
2: IRL. We're going to do it IRL.
1: I- IRL. But you look you look great in that like that backdrop there. And guy, just you know, Thank you. Basically. That you're going to be coming on, he, and I don't understand what he was getting no, at. He well, said, can I, "Currently, she's on with the SDs and the IC." That's what he said. Oh, what. I said, guy. "I said currently, Ey is
0: with the SDs mm-hmm. on the IC, and you know that's probably." I
2: was I was on half today. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. steps away from here. So I'm all warmed up. I'm ready for this. By the for way, sure. my crutch by words. How, my crutch way, words. C- uh, I start a sentence with well. And if I don't know what I'm going to say, now everybody will know this, this is the secret when you're watching. If I'm not quite sure what I'm going to say yet and I'm trying to get my thoughts together, I say something like, "Here's the really important thing I want people to remember." When that's they start, a, that's I buy a TRB myself thing. Like, I, I buy myself like five seconds. Yes.
1: And you actually <laughs> named your podcast that's on the SoFi podcast. Why Network. do you think the, it's called that? The important part. Um, so, yep. she, so she knows that. All right. So here's a couple things, Liz. We want to run through a whole host of things that were on our docket. But you also had your 2023, um, you know, kind of like piece out your big, you know, forecast yeah. piece. You did a little review of 2022. It's on the SoFi blog. It's great. We'll put it in the show notes for you listeners. Jacob will tweet it out and we will retweet it. And it's great. We got a bunch of your charts here but let's talk a little bit i don't know if you could hear us um before just talking about a day like today it's a it's a pretty it's just an orgy of buying um you know what i mean and it comes after a pretty nasty couple weeks what do you make of a day like today a holiday shortened week um thoughts in just general as we kind of finish out the year here
2: well i mean i think it's relief it's relief from the down days that we've had look here's here's the thing like think about The month of December, before today, we were down 7.3% in the S&P. That's terrible for a month that everybody said we were gonna have this year-end rally and there were these seasonality tailwinds on our back and we're down 7.3% coming into today. If you were doing any tax loss harvesting, yesterday was really kind of the last day you could sell in order to get it to settle by the end of the year. So now maybe today there's just a little relief, I don't know, repositioning for the beginning of next year. But I think the really scary part about this is that we didn't have that year-end rally. And this last two days isn't going to make up for 7.3% negative. The sentiment that we're seeing, and I just said this on HALF, the sentiment that we're seeing doesn't care that the calendar is going to change from December 31st to January 1st. It's still here and it's still bearish. I'm tired of talking about bearish sentiment, but the reality is that it's still here and we're not done with it yet.
0: I hope you told the Youngs that I wished them my best uh, for the holiday <laughs> season. I know you did, by the way, because I could see by the
2: chuckle. I tell everybody yeah. that.
0: Of course. I appreciate that. Now that we're at the, as Dan mentioned, penultimate day of the trading year, it's good to look at Annual returns, because you can look at the basically what we're looking at, and you brought with you a great little graph that illustrates exactly this, EY.
2: Yeah. Are we talking about the stock and bonds a together? Annual yeah. total returns. So, so this is only the fifth time, and, and I don't know if people realize how unique this year was. This is only the fifth time since 1928 that stocks and bonds have both been negative. And if you look at this mm-hmm. chart, it's the worst one. Right. I mean, stocks have been more negative than this before, but bonds have not been more negative at the same time. So this was a bad year. And I will say this writing an outlook. I do one for the beginning of the year and then I do one mid year. The outlooks I wrote for 2022 just rolled off my fingertips, not because I knew what was going to happen. There's certainly things about them that were wrong when I look back at them. But it was pretty clear that we were heading into a tough environment for stocks, a tough environment for bonds, and that we were changing the regime from easy to tight. That all was pretty clear to all of us. And even the mid-year outlook was easy for me to write. This one for 2023 was really tough because I don't think that there's good consensus around what's going to happen, even if we do have a recession. And I was thinking about this just earlier today even if we find out we're in a recession, let's say stocks bottom in January. And I think that there's a decent chance we have a a pretty big stab down in January. If they bottom in January, that still means the recession either is just starting or hasn't yet started. We find out maybe six months in that we're in a recession. The average recession lasts 12 to 18 months, which means that by the time we find out we're in it, we might still have six to 12 months to go. So to the point that you guys were making earlier in the show, What if this is another year of just kind of trudging along and we don't actually make a ton of progress and this drags out?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really important point. And we, you have a chart. Maybe um, they can throw it up here about recessions and the cycles and, and kind of when you know markets start anticipating what, you know when they're going to happen. And 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 you know again, markets bottom. I think the the likelihood that the stock market bottoms in the first quarter of this year is 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 like wishful thinking here. And again, because hmm. what's gone on over the last couple of weeks, just the wholesale selling of high valuation. Um, you know stocks that are seeing decelerating growth because interest rates ticked up if you think about it. i mean that's a large part of it in my opinion here um is, is one that it's not going to correct itself in a matter of weeks or months it's going to be probably quarters and i think that investors should probably consider listen there's going to be some great opportunities to pick stocks the sort of rallies that we've talked about and you know over the course of this year you know the the one from june to to mid uh, august the one from october to you know early december those sorts of things i mean those are great trading opportunities. I think the hard part and let's talk to us a little bit about this because you know you speak to an audience that are not traders. You know, we're guy on a right. show called Fast Money. I mean, we've been trading, you know, for the better parts of our careers looking for these inflection points and these opportunities, not taking two to three year time horizons. We can speak to that and we can talk to that, but talk to us about this cycle, that this pattern of cycles that you mentioned how markets usually trade in and around recessions, but why this time might be different because the recession we had in 2020 was, as Guy would say, alchemy out by $4 trillion of fiscal and monetary. And then if you think back to 2008, you know, we only had one down year on the stock market. Why? Because we started all of that easy money stuff or whatever. So now we're on the other side of that. And, and again, this is why I think you know, Doug Cass's point that we just highlighted before in one of his potential surprises is that if rates actually go higher from where they are right now in December over the course of next year that's going to be horrible for risk assets across the board. And those those kind of trough multiples that Guy was talking about, that Tepper talked about on CNBC last week, they may come true. We may see low teens multiples for stocks. So talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so I don't know that we would get that far down in multiples because I still think that there's a pretty big downward revision coming in earnings. So if the if the E goes down, I don't think that the multiple quite gets down to that level. However... The, if you're comparing to previous recessions, so and I, I'd call my show slow money. You guys can be fast money. I'll be slow money. If we're comparing to previous recessions, the 2020 recession was so fast, so furious, and then it was over in the snap of a finger. That's obviously not something that's going to happen this time. The 2008 recession, and, and I would invite both of you to argue with me on this, but the 2008 recession was due in large part to excessive risk-taking, in parts of financial markets. And there was a structural issue that occurred that then basically took the system down. Now, of course, there's been excessive risk taking in financial markets this time around because rates were so low and we saw those lofty valuations. But I think we've gotten rid of a decent amount of that excess in valuations. And if we have a recession in 2023, it will be induced by Fed rate hikes And inflation which is maybe a structural issue in the economy but not a structural issue in capital markets so i would hope i know hope is not a strategy but i would hope that if we do have a recession there because we've done a decent amount of work on that excessive side that it doesn't last quite as long and we can get some of the economic pieces back in balance and go on our merry way now that doesn't mean it's going to be over in 30 days because i do think it would take a while to really get there The other thing that could change a lot of this trajectory. And I said this just today on, on half as well, is that the Fed projections are based on basically a linear pattern. So they assume that inflation is going to come down in a linear pattern. Economic data is going to come down. The unemployment rate's going to go up in a linear fashion. They can't bake in something like a recession. So there is not a recession baked into what they say they're going to do and what their projections are for the economy. If one occurs, what it's going to do is pull forward their entire reaction function. And then that changes the way capital markets respond.
0: She invited a debate, so I will uh, ta- <laughs> accept that invitation. I will say there are a few Catholics out there. You'll hear your priests often say there are no straight lines. And I think that's exactly what you speak of. I will say this, though. You're right. 0809 was on the back of excessive risk-taking without question. The problem I have, and I'm not suggesting I'm right, but that risk never went away. It was just moved. Mm -hmm. It was moved from the balance sheets of banks to the balance sheet of the Mm -hmm. Federal Reserve. And now you have a Federal Reserve, which at its max got close to $10 trillion in terms of their balance sheet. And now they're trying to quietly unwind and money supply continues to go lower. Fed's trying to unwind their balance sheet, their ramifications. Now, maybe they can thread that needle and maybe they are in fact the greatest prop traders in history. I don't think they are. So although the risk appears to have gone away, It was just cleverly moved, Dan, Nathan, back to you.
1: Matter of fact, this was a really great chart that you had in your outlook, um, Liz. It was uh, mapping since June 30th, the S&P 500 sector total returns. Um, And this one, again, no surprise here, energy up nearly 20%, industrials up about 13%, uh, materials up about 8% financials up nearly 8%. And then on the flip side, communications down 13%, real estate down 7.3%, discretionary down low single digits. Those are the three sectors um, that were down. Let's talk about what we expect um, for 2023 to maybe you know outperform again, because I think that a lot of investors who've kind of been through these past kind of recessionary and bear market cycles also recognize, a oh, guy is one of them, he's raising his hand there. No, no, I um, was going to quickly
0: raise my hand, and I apologize for this but yeah so i look at this s&p 500 sector total returns yeah. since june 30th and then for you folks out there you'll know that spotify apparently at the end of the year sends you your year-end in review and we're gonna wrap wrap <laughs> they call that you're all wrapped yeah right wrapped. and it, although yeah. i knew this intuitively they actually had it uh for me in in a quantitative form i'm in the top one half of one percent of all led zeppelin fans in the world which i which I think is wow. great. So so I look at all of this. I think Spotify. I think Led Zeppelin. Let's see if there's a clever person in the comment section. But I look to the far right, and what I see is, wait for it, a communication breakdown. Ooh, there we go.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. Just, just so you well, know, I mean, hey, we, Liz.
2: We waited a long time for that. Liz I was yeah. in uh,
1: I was in a car the other day I was in my in-laws in Dallas and and, so and good. I was just I go to FM radio I go to a classic rock channel and I literally Communication breakdown. Led Zeppelin. Hey, you by Pink Floyd. And then there was "Give Me Shelter" by the Rolling Stones. I took a <laughs> screenshot. I went <laughs> to their website and I took <laughs> a screenshot. I sent it to guy and I was like, "This, this is like for you. FM radio is where it still lives in your head, yeah. right? Like yeah. that was like the time in which you know you were probably at your hottest. You know what I mean? But like, think about yeah. that. If you're that that DJ and that's the job that if guy could retire too, I uh, think 100%. to, I hundred percent. would be and by and by vinyl. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was like epic, yeah. and I was like, God, I miss kind of FM radio and just the chance of what might come on. All right, real quickly, back Sorry, to the S five hundred total returns since June thirtieth. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Liz, well, first of we, all, the, the go ahead. No, well, we, we've talked about this. John Butters, um, our friend at FactSet, who writes the earnings insight blog, he's talked about the contribution to S and P earnings without energy this year. We would mm-hmm. have been down. Okay, and we've talked mm-hmm. about you know estimates for. 2023 S&P earnings are still expected to be up 5 or 6% or so. So we haven't had that revision that you just spoke to. And energy is supposed to trail off to some degree, um, I think, in like mid-second quarter to Q3. So at some point, if we're not going to have an earnings recession, we're going to have to have some other sectors kind of step in there and show some leadership. So what would those sectors be? And just give us your thought of why you included this chart into your 2023 outlook.
2: So the reason I started it uh, at the end of June is because that's when inflation peaked. So we wanted to see what did the market do? What kind of patterns did it show, if any, after inflation peaked? And it sent a lot of mixed messages. So you're going to see things like cyclicals in some of the best performing sectors, which meant that the market wanted to believe that we were getting there. And then you see some of those growthy things in the worst performing sectors. But interestingly, tech wasn't even negative. So the market. It was confused and to quote, I believe Jennifer Garner, she gave a commencement speech at a university and she was telling the students that in dating, mixed messages means no. We had, I would say the same thing about the market. Mixed messages means no, we're not gonna make a new rally. It's not a durable rally. We're not in the new uptrend, so get over it. And I think we're continuing to send some of these mixed messages. In 2023, if we have a recession and we come back out of it, I'm not, not, I know Dan disagrees with me on this, but I'm not a big believer that tech is gonna be the darling of that recovery. It doesn't mean they're gonna do poorly, but I do think that, and you'll see a section in my outlook about this, you go back to something like Fama French, which hasn't worked admittedly in two decades, but I think it could start to work again. Things like value over growth, small over big, some of those classic cyclical sectors, because if this recession occurs, it's going to be what I would call a more classic recession, where we flush the economy, we flush the market, and then the recovery on the other side should be more classic as well. First time in
0: the history of market call that the name Jennifer <laughs> Garner was thrown say, at the. I, I, did not, I did not. I did not right plan now. that.
2: I don't know where that no. came. I just. Like by the way, I mean,
0: yeah, Ben Affleck really whiffed on. I mean, I think he, listen, that's just me. I'm a big Jennifer Garner fan. She's in, by the way, you can't look at a a TV right now. She's on like seven different commercials, but that's neither here nor there. And by the way, somebody said uh, they can see your next um, piece when you title it, having some sort of Zeppelin reference, perhaps in through the outdoor. But I digress. Earnings estimates for 2023. That's the next little slide that you brought with us today.
2: Yeah. So, okay. Earnings estimates for 2023. Now, yes, they've come down. They've been revised downward by about 11%, but they're still showing year over year flat growth. I don't think that's how it's going to end. I think the story ends with 2023 showing a contraction of at least five to 10%. And I think we start to hear about those contractions or at least estimates of those contractions in January when all the analysts come back from vacation and get honest with themselves. So, I think we'll see, we'll end up seeing a contraction in earnings. The earlier we hear about that, the earlier it hits the market, which is why I'm more in the camp of, I think we could see a pretty painful first quarter, maybe even first month.
1: Yeah, no. And and, and again, I, I, you know, listen, um, you know, we we all want to be optimists. We all want to kind of hope that we don't have um, the worst-case scenarios for the the economy. I mean, we've been going back and forth between this final piece of the Fed's puzzle that they'd like to see, sadly, unemployment tick up, right? You know, it's at 3.7%. The pre-pandemic low, which was a 40-year low, was 3.5%. And that's the one thing that the housing market is – or excuse me, the jobs market is still – really really tight and then i'll just throw in the housing market you know to see the housing market come in again these are things that would weigh on household incomes household savings you know what i mean like all that stuff at a time where guys brought this up on many occasions over the last few months where consumer credit is going nuts at a time where interest rates are not coming down that much uh, anytime soon so we could find ourselves in to your point that the average recession it's not a three-month thing or a four-month thing like we had. I mean, obviously, by definition, a recession is two negative quarters of GDP. But if the 2000 to 2003 period tells us anything is that you can have the recession. You won't know that you're in it until after the fact. And then they can go much longer than many people think. All right. Your yep. point, Liz, though about what leads us out, okay? And we highlighted Dan Loeb, a third point, I think it was the other day, Guy, um, what he was saying um, on a tweet that, you know, people hoping, you know, that that the prior leaders are going to be the leaders in the next bull cycle that lead us out is not a great case. I just, and, and I'd love to get both of your guys' take on this. I just don't see how you have five or six stocks that are all a trillion or, or north of a trillion, some two trillion or whatever, that are not part of the leadership when the S&P And then Nasdaq finally bottom here, because in my mind, you know, it just doesn't you're not going to have the earnings contribution of all these other groups, especially when it goes back to energy, very likely moderating as a contributor. You know what I mean? So those massive names with these huge moats, these monopolies, these massive balance sheets, all that sort of stuff. They kind of have to be the leaders, in my opinion, by definition. So Liz, curious is like if you wanted to focus on a couple sectors where you would start picking at when things feel really ugly early next year, in your opinion, what would those sectors be that will likely emerge as the leaders, let's say, in the back half of 2023 into 2024?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, this will be no surprise. I would pick at financials. Um, I would pick at industrials. My final trade on halftime almost a month ago, December 1st, was to sell consumer discretionary. I still think that. But if and when the market really pulls back, that's when you start to buy consumer discretionary. I'd also think about buying semis in that environment. But these are classically cyclical sectors and industry groups. So when you get that opportunity, that's what I would do. The, so th- this is in the outlook as well. On average, 12 months out from a market bottom or in a recessionary environment, the S&P is up 49%. I agree with you, Dan. We probably can't get up 49% without some of those big cap tech names. I think they can take part in it. I just think that when we look back at the recovery and you see a line chart of here's how every, here were the top three sectors, right? I don't know that tech is going to be one of the top. It might be okay in the middle, and given the size and the weight of a lot of those names in the index, it'll still kind of carry its load. But I don't think that it's going to be the standout performer. This isn't a, a stay-at-home versus a re-entry sort of recession, right? And that's a lot of what drove tech the first time around. And it was also younger investors that were interested in those sectors and familiar with it, and they bought a lot of it too. That's just not what we're going to have this time.
0: A couple things. Um, if I'm looking at 2023, when when – Price to sales gets reasonable, which they will. I think a lot of these cloud, a lot of these software stocks, I think are going to be really interesting. Again, they've been taken out to the woodshed. I think they'll come out of the woodshed sometime next year. Number one, pull Liz's recession scenario slide, and as we do that, I'll say a couple things. I would have gone with carry that weight. Uh, of course, a, a <laughs> Beatles song for you Beatles aficionados out there. And when you use the word re-entry it immediately made me think of a scene in the movie Moonraker, or a james bond movie but proper decorum prohibits yeah, me, me from explaining how yeah. they uh
1: integrated that into <laughs> said movie in- integrated um hey guy really quickly if they could pull up the igv chart okay so this is the iShares expanded software and, and if you look at some of the holdings um this thing traded 450 at its high last year. It's trading just above 250. It traded a little bit below there, but it's really kind of hanging in there, guy. And so, you know, one of the things, if you look at some of the largest components of it, I mean, you know what they are here. It's the Microsoft, it's um, Adobe, Salesforce, Oracle. Oracle has been, that was the, the O in your hope trade, wasn't it, guys? Two years I mean, ago, which, yeah, by that, the way, that,
0: was extraordinary performance, if you it, remember. It
1: really was. That stock, Oracle, is only down 5% on the year. Microsoft down 28% on the year. It's besting the uh, NASDAQ. Um, Adobe um, has had a tough go, down 40% of the year. Salesforce has been an absolute disaster, down about 50% of the year. But to your point, I mean, I think that those... From a, from a secular standpoint, those are trades that you're gonna wanna be back in, but you have to see those price-to-sales multiples trough a bit, and they haven't done that yet. If we could pull that chart out to a five-year, I mean, I think that relative strength of the last couple of months um, is okay, not when you include the, the move off of the lows. Um, but on a five-year basis, guy, it's it's hanging out right above those pre-pandemic yeah. highs or so. It feels like there's kind of another leg lower again. The the technicals in almost every sector in the market suggest that there's probably another leg. No, nothing looks totally washed out at this point. Thoughts on that, guy?
0: Agreed. I think that that's exactly what I'm talking about. You've you've seen this sort of. They're flattening out. They're plateauing at these levels, but there's probably another leg, and that next leg is where you're going to get the opportunity to buy these stocks at a more reasonable valuation
1: in the form a price to sales. All right. Well, that was a lot. We covered a lot. We got Liz's uh, 2023 outlook that you can find on the SoFi blog. We're going to put it in the show notes. Also, thanks to Liz for all her fabulous contributions to Risk Social Media over the course of 2022. We look forward to doing more with you on the tape, more with you on Market Call in the new year. Gaia Dami, you've just been, you've been a stalwart. I mean, like, literally, it's too bad the at the stalwart is taken on Twitter because I think that should be <laughs> new. And that's our friend Joe Wiesenthal from Bloomberg. But, uh, guy, you were here all year long. You were here, and 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 you did it. So uh, kudos to you, as you like to say.
0: Like Gibraltar, like that right the, prudential thing, like just yeah, a big rock, rock, rock yeah. solid. Yeah. You know, I like right. to think that. And I want to thank EY from – so. you know, we goof around, but you know I think the world of you not only – terms of the work you do which is uh, second to none but you as an individual it's been great this year and it's gonna be fun as dan said irl in real life right that's what that means yeah, that's what it means yeah. Next right. year, get your yeah. beastie boys album by the way um license to thrill or ill or something license but that's it, it for market call on december 29th i want to <laughs> thank our sponsors sofi uh dan get your money right all in one application of course fact set there are not only our sponsor but our data provider Financial data and analytics, Dan, that are powered by tomorrow. Please watch the Rangers in Tampa tonight with a Alex Lafreniere who's gonna be sitting in the press box for the first time. That's a message not only to Alex, but to the entire team. Like you got to get your shit together here as we turn the calendar over to 2023. Um, Packers getting three and a half this weekend. Oof. You don't often see that. It's an unfortunate season. They're really falling on hard times out there. The Bucks. Yeah. Uh, lost a big lead last night I mean crazy they're up eight yeah. late and they gave it up which is not good as I mentioned earlier probably gonna have to make a trade at the deadline Brewers I, you know I like their staff but <laughs> position wise I think they're in trouble what are you trouble.
2: doing to me what are you doing to me
0: that's it yeah
1: okay, okay.
2: thanks love you guys alright Liz thanks so Thank much
1: you. happy new year